Welcome to A Life Invested, a podcast dedicated to helping you create the lifestyle of your dreams by investing in people, assets, and yourself. I'm your host, Roger Comstock. All right, my friends. Well, welcome back to A Life Invested. Um, I'm really excited about this week's episode. We have a uh, dear friend of mine on the uh, the show. This is Ashley Stratton. And Ashley found a love for speaking when she was involved in leadership groups and pageants in her late teens and early 20s. She took a class from Dan Clark, named one of the top 10 speakers in the world, and he cemented in her heart a passion for helping people progress and take action through powerful speeches. Most recently, she went through a global leadership training from a company called Becoming Your Best and has been certified as a disciple thought leader ambassador through Connie Sokol Enterprises. As an ambassador, Ashley has been trained and certified to host women's retreats, to be a speaker and a mindset coach. She is a part of a leadership circle where she coaches women on a weekly basis on how to set and achieve their goals without sacrificing what's most important. She also co-hosts women's retreats and speaks to women's groups. Uh, she received the Carnegie Communication Award from Utah Valley University for her efforts to be an outstanding communicator and is always striving to help others create the life they desire through her coaching and speaking efforts. Um, so incredibly grateful to have you here. You're also lucky to to know Dan Clark, and he's lucky to know you. I was on a, a camping um, excursion with Dan Clark just a couple months ago, and he's just as good as they come. He's so kind. Oh, I'm so happy to know that. I love Dan. He made a huge, huge impression on me and really cemented in me the love for public speaking and um, really just kind of got my feet wet. He took me under his wing in my early years of speaking and was just so good to me. So I just absolutely love Dan. Oh, I love to hear it. That's amazing. Well, I'm so grateful. Um, I'm very, very thankful to have you on the show today. Uh, tell tell us, um, the, the listeners at least, if they want to learn a little bit more about you, Ashley, where do they where are they going to go to uh, kind of follow along in your journey? They can follow me along on Instagram at real Ashley Stratton on Instagram. And that's Ashley with two E's. And then they can find anything about the retreats that I host on ConnieSokol.com. That's S-O-K-O-L.com, ConnieSokol.com. They can find out all about the women's retreats we host and the events we have, the programs we offer, um, any coaching that they want to be involved in or get from us. They can find all of that on ConnieSokol.com. And you can connect with me the most probably through Instagram. Oh, and I, I had mentioned to you this um, before the show started, but I'm also going to be um, guest hosting a podcast with Connie Sokol on her podcast called um, Purpose Filled Life. So that is launching this month. And it's a mini series for moms who are wanting to go after a passion or a goal, but still put the most important things first, like their faith and their family. So I'm super, super excited about that. And you can um, listen to that wherever you listen to podcasts. That's amazing. So just to kind of um, repeat back here where people can find it. So Connie Sokol.com, S-O-K-O-L mm -hmm. uh, is how you spelled the last name. And then she's going to be the co-host of that podcast with Connie Sokol and uh, A Purpose-Filled Life. And then, um, like she said, Instagram, She's she posts incredible content. If you're not following Ashley right now, you need to follow her. She is an exceptional person. That's Ashley with two E's at the end. And then it's two T's as well in Stratton. Um, so, so many things to remember. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so many great, great ways to be able to kind of follow along with what you're doing. What got you interested in uh, what you're doing right now, Ash, and, and uh, kind of how, how you're, where you're at? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. So I, before I became a mom, 
I would set goals and I would achieve them. It was my number one thing. I loved stretching myself in any different area and I could set goals and I could really go about them and do it because I was the only person that I was responsible for. And then I had four children very close together and it kind of rocked my world. I was kind of expecting to go into motherhood and it was going to be this flowery, beautiful thing like, oh, this is going to be the most wonderful thing you've ever done. And while it is the most wonderful thing I've ever done, it was also the hardest thing I have ever done. Um, you know, kind of having my health taken away from me, like mentally, emotionally, physically, and just feeling really completely wiped out. Um, and there was still a piece of me when um, during my childbearing years that wanted to set goals and wanted to achieve them. And so I would, I would still set them and I try to achieve them. And it was just one failure after another. And I could not get my bearings under me, like even setting simple weight loss goals. I would try to do a workout for 30 minutes and I'd get interrupted 20 times by my kids and what was supposed to be a 30 minute workout because I had scheduled my day in advance turned into like a two hour workout being a mom and I didn't really know how to juggle the balance of how do I be a mom and how do I accomplish my goals at the same time. And right about this time, this is when social media was getting a lot of traction, you know, like Instagram and Facebook. And um, I started seeing other moms out there in the world that were accomplishing their goals and they seemed to be doing it pretty well, you know? And I personally knew some moms that were going after their goals and running businesses and accomplishing their dreams and having a family. And I thought, how in the world can you do that? How can you have the best of both worlds? And I really was interested in, is it the question, is it possible to put your faith and family first and still go after your dreams? Because for me, there is no goal or no dream that would be worth the sacrifice of my faith and my family. And so I began this journey about two years ago, um, interviewing moms who were pursuing a passion or a goal um, or a dream of theirs. And I started asking them how they did it. And I have specifically asked every single mom that I have interviewed in the past two years, is it possible to go after your dreams and put your faith and family first? And so far, 100% of them have said yes. And they've given me tips on how they've been able to do that. Um, and most recently, I have joined up um, with um, we talked about this before the show, but a woman named Connie Sokol, um, she has seven kids of her own, has written 17 books, is a coach, a speaker, a mentor, has her own programs. And um, we do really unique things now where we host women's retreat and we help women find their, per uh, their personal purpose and still do it as a mom and be successful on the home front and be successful in their businesses and their own personal purpose. And I was really um, drawn to Connie because of that unique niche thing is that we really focus on the moms. We really focus on um, making sure those most important things come first and still fulfilling that personal purpose. Because um, I think sometimes a lot of women can get a little bit lost in motherhood and not know who they are. And then 20 years goes by and haven't made any progress, you know? And so I didn't, I didn't want that to be me. I didn't want to be, have um, another decade go by where I hadn't made any progress in my goals or my dreams that I have that are outside of motherhood. But I also wanted to still be a great mom and not let my children fall through the cracks. And so um, that's where, how I've ended up where I'm at now with the coaching program that I'm in now. And the women that I help now is really through my own experience of 
trying to figure out how it works. And um, I have some tips that I've learned from these women that I've interviewed as well that I'd love to share if we get a chance. Um, but it's just been an amazing, amazing journey so far. And that's kind of how I've ended up where I'm at. Wow. There is some uh, great information that you've shared. I want to talk about really all of it. Um, kind of summarize and repeat back what you talked about just so that we can rehearse it with the listeners here. It sounds like um, it, before you were married and had kids, it, you kind of had these habits that were in place. They were a little easier to um, enact because you were just managing your time and your life. Uh, and then once you kind of bring more people in an in intimate way into your life with your husband and kids, you're, you're somebody I know that is a high achiever. You love accomplishing things and progressing and, and achieving your potential. And so you kind of had to adjust, it sounds like, to what life was like with a family. And I'm sure so I love what you shared because I'm certain, absolutely certain that so many men and women um, alike feel that same way with more responsibilities, they want to still be able to manage their time effectively and still feel like they have personal individual meaning and purpose uh, with what they're accomplishing individually. And I mean, the family is so important. It is such a huge priority, but inside internally, it, it's it's good to have our own personal goals too. Um, Absolutely. I would love I'm to so learn. I'm glad you said men and women too, because I don't want this to be just only women that um, these principles could relate to because so many people that are listening to your podcast, I'm sure are men. And I've even had conversations with men in the global leadership training that I took. We would have these little breakout sessions and we were able to talk about what it is like to run a business and have a family. So a lot of us run into these exact same issues, men and women alike. So I'm glad you brought that up. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, I, uh, I'm excited to learn more from you and what you've uh, been able to accomplish. I know I have no doubt that uh, as we talk today, I'm, I'm going to learn a ton. I'll just keep my mind open like a sponge because you're such an intelligent person. You've accomplished so much and you do so much good in the world in helping other people. Um, and so I'm excited for these individuals that will have the opportunity to work with you personally to better their lives. But it sounds like... Um, uh, with what you had mentioned before, you know, setting goals and achieving them is something that you've really mastered through experience in being a mom and a wife and having a family. It also sounds like something that's important to you um, and that has played a major role in that process of accomplishing goals is time management mm -hmm. and doing that in, in an effective way. And then also uh, priorities. It sounds like that was something that you had mentioned as well. That's kind of helped you in your journey to get to where you're at right now. So maybe we could talk about each of those. Let's start with um, kind of your method in setting goals and not just setting them, but achieving them. Because so often what we see, especially right now, I mean, this couldn't come at a better time with the beginning of, you know, 2022 here at the first of January. So many people, you know, listening are going to be setting goals, wanting to achieve them, wanting to do their best. And then you know, end of February comes first of March and they'll kind of fall off the wagon and say, all right, I'll just do it next year. So what is your process for setting goals and then, and then achieving them? Okay. I am so happy to talk about this. This is my favorite subject to talk about on the yeah. earth is goal setting and achieving your goals. So the first thing, and I learned this from the book goals by Zig Ziglar is to just get a piece of paper and write your wild goals. Like how many of us have actually sat down and taken the time to let our imaginations just run wild? You know, get wild and think, what is it that I actually want to accomplish? 
And one thing that's really helpful that I found that I took a seven habits course and they had us the very first day sit down and close our eyes and picture our 80th birthday party and imagine who will be there. What will they say about me? What do I want to have accomplished in my life? So sit down, get that blank sheet of paper and think long term, think wild and think about who you want to be at the end of your life and get it all written down and then really narrow it down and um, focus on what you want to accomplish this year and how in this year you can move the needle to accomplishing that person that you envisioned at the end of your life or in one of those wild goals. And then the biggest thing, the next biggest thing is to get it down on somewhere where you will see it every single day. I have a vision board that I have in my room and I have it and I try to stand in front of it every single day and envision myself accomplishing these goals. The very first time I ever accomplished a goal, a really big goal in my life was when we had talked about in my early teens um, and my late 20s, I did pageants. And that was my first experience with a vision board. I had put myself in a picture of myself winning this pageant on a vision board and I would look at it every single day. And then I would take action to try to achieve that goal every single day. And so sitting there and looking at it and reviewing it is a huge part of the process. I think a lot of people write their goals down, but the big thing that I think a lot of people don't do is review their goals on the daily, daily, not even weekly, but every single day. Grant Cardone, the author of the 10X rule, he said that he writes his goals down once in the morning and once at night so that he wakes up to them and then he goes to bed with them. I know that um, Rachel Hollis, she was a big, um, a big success in the past decade. She also writes down her top 10 goals every single day and focuses on one that she will work on. There's a lot of people that go through that special review process daily. I cannot emphasize the importance enough of the daily review and that reminder because of the people that forget their goals and like February, March comes and they just leave them off to the wayside. I wonder how many of them are reviewing their goals on the regular to keep them motivated and to keep them doing that, you know? So I would say those, as far as writing them down and reviewing them, that's some of the biggest things. Um, and then to implement it, to take action on it. I think one of the easiest ways you can do that is to habit stack. I learned this from the book, um, Atomic Habits. And it's when you take something you're already in the habit of doing and add on five to 10 minutes of your new goal that you wanna accomplish. Like, let's say you wanna write a book. Um, and you're already in the habit of eating breakfast, you say, you know what, after I eat breakfast, I'm going to write my book for 10 to 15 minutes. And by the end of the year, you could have your whole entire book written, you know, so that's one easy way. If you're a really busy person, and you have a big goal, and you're thinking, how am I going to accomplish that just break it down into those little things, attach it to something you're already in the habit of doing. And it takes almost no extra effort to make efforts and strides towards those goals. So those are just a few little tips that hopefully can get you set on the right track this year and hope you keep you moving forward, you know, and just accomplishing your goals. And hopefully by the end of the year, you know, you can really make one happen. Man, thank you. Thank you very, very much. Uh, this was incredible information. Uh, really, really meaningful. Um, I want to talk about all of this uh, kind of as a subcategory of what we were ch chatting about before. Um, one of the things that you mentioned that I feel like is, I mean, almost more important than anything else when someone is trying to set big goals and then hit them is this 
process of visualization, right? And and people don't give it enough credit. I don't think I, I don't think humans at large, as as a generalization, really understand how powerful their their minds are. Um, it, and it's uh, it's really important to understand what we have the ability to accomplish by programming our subconscious our subconscious to bring things that were uh, that, that were thoughts into reality right we can think about something and if we want to get something we can uh, just like I love what you you mentioned Grant Cardone the 10x rule goals in the morning goals at night and we see that and we program that into our mind as if it has already happened so if somebody let's say somebody has the goal to make over a hundred thousand dollars in a month let's say that's a goal they have to, to some people, they may think that's that's challenging or I don't know if I could do that. But if they put that in their mind and they think, no, I'm going to do that. I have already done it. And these are the steps that I'm following. I've broken this uh, process down into a granular level, step by step on how I'm going to be doing that. I loved what you said. You know, you mentioned writing a book and somebody writing a book may say, OK, instead of getting insanely overwhelmed because this is a big task, you had mentioned, you know, maybe just taking 10 minutes out of their day in the morning and saying, all right, I'm going to write during this time. And then the next day they do that again and again and again. And Darren Hardy has a great book called The Compound Effect. And uh, it uh, it illustrates that idea and the execution of that idea very, very well and getting big things happening because of, you know, small individual actions every single day. So I, I really, really love that, um, Ashley. And then I wanted to ask you a, another question about your goals, because again, you seem to be the master of goal setting and hitting goals. Um, and so Jim Collins, he talks about this idea of a BHAG, um, which is a big, hairy, audacious goal, mm -hmm. something that is just kind of clear out there, right? So a lot of times people set goals and they set them so that they're easy to accomplish. Um, but I feel like it's important as well. It's, it's good to have those goals. It's also really important to set these goals that are hard, challenging to reach, right? And something that you can program into your mind that will really stretch yourself. What are your thoughts on, on BHAGs? Oh, I, I think that, okay, tell me the name again of that so I don't slaughter it. Oh, you're fine. It's uh, it's from Jim Collins. Good to great. Uh, it's big, hairy, audacious goals. Big, hairy, audacious goals. I love that. I love that. Um, um, I know the global leadership program that I took. They called it TIGS, totally inspirational goals. You know, there's all these oh, fun little it. acronyms for it, and it's so incredibly important to have a big, audacious goal to work towards. It's incredibly important because I think it keeps you motivated. And I love the person that really thinks, you know, I can go after these big audacious goals because indeed they are the, actually the only person who actually achieved that. You know, I know this is a cliche statement, but um, Henry Ford said, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. And so the people who dream those big dreams and think, hey, I want to go and make this much money. I want to go and publish this book. I want to work with this person. I want to make this many sales. Those are the people that actually do it. The people who actually have the goal and believe that they can. Because the person who's not setting those goals and not believing it, they never will accomplish those goals. So it's incredibly important to have those ahead of you and in the forefront and thinking, this is something I want to do because you are the type of people that will actually do it if it's in your mind and getting created there. I love that. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Um, so it sounds like you're you've been trained and are training now other people uh, from this exceptional individual I need to obviously learn more about um, named Connie Sokol. Um, 
it, it blew my mind when you told me how many children she has and how many books she's written. Seven kids, right? And 17 yep. books. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. That is, uh, that is substantial <laughs> to say the least. That's, that's amazing. Um, so obviously, uh, being, uh, um, mentored by her, by her learning from her and now teaching other people, her methods, she's, she's mastered time management, uh, in ways that most people probably, uh, haven't dreamed of. And so let's talk about that for a little bit here. How do you manage your time with four kids and a husband and family? What are you doing to make sure you can accomplish all this stuff? So I had a unique opportunity um, when Stephen Covey was still living to go and hear him speak. And I'm one of those type of people that if I hear a speech that I love, I always go and talk to the person afterwards. I'm like waiting my turn, like at the stage, you know, I'm one of those people. So I went up and of course talked to Stephen Covey after a speech. And I said, I asked him, I said, if you only could give someone one piece of advice to accomplish a goal or a dream, what would it be? And the dude did not skip a beat. He looked me right in the eyes and said, plan your weeks. And I was like, what? Like, I was, I was kind of expecting like some magical rainbow unicorn sauce, you know, but he said, plan your weeks. And I was so shocked by that at the time. But now that I've learned time management skills and I've learned the importance of planning your weeks, it truly is the magical rainbow, rainbow unicorn sauce is to plan your weeks so that you are planning your schedule and so that other people aren't taking a priority over your schedule. And the biggest thing that I wanna emphasize here too, and this is something that I feel extremely passionate about, is that you plan your most important roles first. So for example, um, my husband is really good at this. Um, the global, global leadership training, um, becoming your best teaches this principle that I took um, in the past year and my husband has taken their course as well. But um, they teach to plan your most important roles first. And my husband had an experience where he had planned a one-on-one -on -one date with our son on a Friday at 4.30. And he had planned his week in advance and he had scheduled that time slot to be with our son because that's his most important role, right? Is to be a father. One of his most important roles anyway, to be a great husband is as well. And so 4.30 is coming around on Friday and he has a work colleague come in and say, hey, I really need to meet with you on this project. I'd really like to meet with you before the day's over. Can we meet at 4.30? And my husband's like, looked at his schedule, stayed true to it and thought, you know what? He saw that date with his son, our son. And he said, you know what? I can't meet at 4.30, but I can meet Monday at 9 a.m. And the colleague said, great, let's just meet Monday at 9 a.m. then. So the work still got done, but the time spent with our son also got done. One of the most important things. So scheduling your most important priorities first is the number one most important thing in your week. So I have a timer that goes off my phone every single Sunday night at 9 p.m. Sorry, a reminder, not a timer. I have a reminder that goes off. And from 9 to 10 p.m. every single Sunday night, I plan my week in advance. And I plan those most important roles very first. That's something both my husband and I try to do together. We try to plan our date nights together because if not, it seems that those most important things slip to the wayside you know, and it's, it doesn't even have to be like a whole Friday night gone with your, with your kid. You know, my husband's even done like 15 minutes of Lego time, like at night when he's home from work and he is on the floor doing 15 minutes of Legos with our kids. And which turns into a great time, you know, it can be little bits of time where you spend in your most important roles, or maybe it's like sending a happy birthday text message to your grandma. Cause you recognize their birthdays on Thursday. You know, you can look ahead at your week and see what's coming at you 
so you can be available for those most important things. And that's something that I feel like is unique and niche to what I do is that I'm never going to let the women that I coach let those most important things fall by the wayside. We're always making sure that those things are planned first. And then we go and we plan the other things that are equally, that are still extremely important, like our goals and our dreams and our aspirations. Those, I believe that those actually make us a better um, mother, wife, person in this world when we're doing those things that we love. But I really want to make sure those family relationships also come first. And it truly comes down to what Stephen Covey said, plan your weeks, make sure it's happening so that you are taking priority of what's, of what's most important. Well, great advice. Uh, that is really, really good advice to those that are listening. Well, uh, that's a great way to be able to start uh, with the right foot forward in 2022 you know, uh, with these goals that you've set on accomplishing them, you know, a couple of really important things that uh, Ashley mentioned here. Number one, I think is that uh, first things need to be first, first things first. In fact, Stephen Covey wrote a book called First Things uh, First, and it is a really great book. Uh, I would recommend it. Um, it's it's meaningful. It's one of his seven habits as, as well. It's, it's doing the big things before the little things. He gives the example of having like a fishbowl and you know, if you, if you put all the small things in at first, um, you don't have any room for the big things or the things that matter most in the yeah, end. But if you, you know, put the big rocks, yeah, and they're in the beginning, then you, the, the, the little things kind of slide into place and um, it, it all makes sense that way. So that's really, really great advice. Um, I really liked the advice as well to uh, plan weekly and from the horse's mouth. I mean, right from Stephen Covey teaching us to plan every single week. Um, some of the most successful individuals I know do the same thing. Um, there's an individual named Casey Baugh, who um, I think I'll probably have on the podcast in the future. He he is, um, I mean, an exceptional human, and every, he's posting uh, every week he does Sunday planning, you know, for his week. And so you can see these habits in, in people that are accomplishing major goals. So that's a, it's a good thing. Um, I, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. So I want this kind of, is, I mean, this is a great segue into priorities, and I want to talk to you a little bit about um, how you have chosen uh, your priorities, because we've now talked about, you know, the, the most important things need to be first, but how do you decide what is most important? Right. So I think it's just important to look at your life and see what you value the most. Um, obviously, for a lot of people, I think that's going to be their family and what falls into play there. And when it comes to your own personal passions, I think it's really important to just look inside and say, what's the, what is a priority to me um, with my passions? I feel like for me, um, that easily came to me when I realized it was speaking. I started speaking this um, the past little while to women's groups and at different women's events. And um, it became a priority to me when I realized I could help other people through powerful speeches. You know, I think um, a lot of our passions can turn into things that can help other people. And when that is, um, when that's coming alive, I really think that there's nothing more fulfilling. Like I know you do a lot of work, um, Roger, with helping people with your coaching systems and your, your business systems and helping people um, through the business work that you do. And I know you've been able to help a lot of people. And I'm sure that has become a priority in your life because you've been able to help others. And so I think just looking at that priority list, you know, what's most important to me? Is it my faith? Is it my family? And then how can I help other people um, through my passions and um, 
through doing things that I love. I think there's so many people that could put goodness out into this world um, just by doing things that they love and that they feel passionate about. And I really think it comes back to that idea of um, in your unique niche area, how can you help people move forward? How can you help people um, get on a path to success? And maybe it's you help people, you know, beautify their homes, or maybe you help people with gardening, or maybe you help people make more sales in business or through your books. And um, I really think if you can get back to that idea of how can I help people through this, you can really start to niche down on what your most important priorities are and then start scheduling those into your week and making more time for that in your life. And I think you can truly live a more fulfilling life by doing those types of things. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. I, man, I'm, I'm loving all of what you have to share. It is, uh, it's so important. I hope the listeners are taking notes and internalizing all of this great information. Um, I'm currently reading. I love to read. I think reading is so important. I wish um, I, I wish it was focused on a little bit more. Uh, with I all was the a English major in college, so I love to read too. It's amazing, man. It's so good. Um, and there's so many distractions, man, today. And so people are, you know, thankfully we have solutions and opportunities like Audible, you know, out there that allows us to read on the go. But um, I'm currently going through Man's Search for Meeting by Viktor Frankl, uh, which is just, man, it's amazing. It really makes us appreciate what we have. But um in the foreword, it's great. There's this, uh, Frankel quotes Nietzsche, and um, what Nietzsche said was, he who has a why to live for can bear almost any how. And I really, really like that because um, I mean, Simon Sinek wrote a book as well called Start With Why. And to your point, with everything you just talked about, I think in in figuring out what our priorities are, we first have to understand kind of what our why is. And then the how in, in getting what we want in life becomes pretty easy when we have a deep enough foundational root, uh, a system of, of why we're doing it, you know, because when things get hard, um, earlier you had mentioned motivation and I think motivation is a very interesting subject because a lot of it, and there's a, a couple, you know, schools of thought when it comes to being motivated and kind of the process that people, um, will use in exploiting motivation to get what they want. But I think it's interesting because in my mind, motivation isn't that important. Um, and what I mean, what I mean by that is that it, it kind of comes and goes, right? Like it's this weird kind of uh, fluffy thing where if, if everybody's just going to uh, live their life based off of motivation, then they're going to find that they have very uh, volatile um, results, right? It's really, really good things and really, uh, or really, really high ups and really low downs because when they're motivated, they're accomplishing. When they're not motivated, they're not. And so I think what's cool is we can replace kind of the idea of motivation with a very, very strong why. And then when we have that why, our discipline can actually um, take place in part or, or in, in, the, uh, in the place of motivation because we understand our why. So I, I like that because our priorities, like our family, my sweetheart just means everything to me. She's like my best friend in the world. And so for me, I really, really want to accomplish these 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 big goals uh, for her and my future family, my kids gets me choked up a little bit. Just talking, it's it's I mean, it's why we do things, right? It's super cool, but it allows me, regardless of how challenging things get or how hard something may be, to say, hey, I, it doesn't matter if I don't feel motivated right now, right? She's my priority, my kids, my family's my priority, and so I can manage my time because of my priorities. I can put first things first, even if it's hard, right? I can replace that motivation with discipline and say. 
I'm going to do it, right? Anyway, and nothing, what's really cool is with that mindset, with those whys in place, um, there's really not, nothing that can can get in our way or stop us. And I love that. There's going to be external forces in the world that try to stop us. I, all the time we have people or, um, you know, kind of obstacles that kind of hedge the way in, in getting to where we want to be. But with our priorities straight, with, uh, you know, being able to manage time, set goals, and know how to get them, we can... We, we can get what we want. So I really appreciate um, uh, what what you've shared on, on that subject. I think it's, I think it's wonderful. Can um, I say something in regards to the why? Yeah, please. Absolutely. So I've interviewed a lot of moms who are going after a goal or a dream. And, you know, this can apply to um, any men that are also going after their goals and their dreams. But most of these women that I have interviewed, the things that they are doing has brought them joy. And I think that that was a huge indicator in whether or not they were going to keep on the path. They all, one, knew where they were going. They had a very deep why. And then their results from doing their why brought them so much joy. And so they were keeping down the path, you know? So I think it's important to even look at where we are at in our business lives and our current pursuits and to ask ourselves, you know, is this bringing me joy? Is this really making me happy? Do I lay my head on the pillow at night and think, I've had a joyful day, you know, or can you look back on the past year and have had some joy in what you were doing? And if not, I think it takes a really powerful, strong person to walk away from what they're currently doing and set one of those big, hairy, audacious goals to go after something that does bring them joy on the daily, you know, because this life is already short enough as it is to um, just be doing a grind that you don't really enjoy. I think it's really important um, to recognize that a lot of um, people that are high profile that are living their best lives, they're doing it because it brings them joy. So it's something to consider and to ask yourself as you start the new year, if you're experiencing that. And if not, I think it would be of value to sit down and think about something that really would bring you joy, even if you have to step out of your comfort zone to get there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that you mentioned, you know, getting out of your comfort zone because very few things in life that we get that we really want come when we're comfortable. In fact, most, I mean, every single thing that um, I've achieved ha ha has come from getting very uncomfortable. And there's so many other things I want to achieve and so many other things I want to do. And um, I, I recognize now, and it can be a bit of a, a daunting thought, but it's a good feeling too, because it requires some courage, right? Move forward, but it, it's going to be uncomfortable. Right, getting what we yeah. we want, getting where we want to be, becoming our best selves is it's going to be very uncomfy. Um, but we can we can kind of learn to uh, appreciate that process. Um, I think the gym is very important uh, for a lot of reasons, not just not just physically. I think it's great for that, uh, but I also think it teaches us a lot about ourselves and about discipline and mindset. And what's interesting. I mean, this is used so many times, so I don't want to sound cliche, but it's an important principle. Nonetheless, we can talk about it. But I mean, when you go to the gym, the first couple times, and even, I mean, going back to this idea of priorities, time management, discipline, motivation, it plays into all this because somebody may look at like a poster of Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, and think like, all right, I want to look like him. At the start of 22, they hang this poster in the room. And so they, and they're just stoked. They may be at a level 100 out of 10, you know, on how they're, going to hit these goals and they go to the gym and they may go the first day and just feel like, Oh, I'm on this path. It's going to be awesome. But by the end of the week, they're going to barely be able to walk. Their arms are going to be stuck. They're not going to feel very good. They're going to be a lot of pain. 
And they're going to start questioning whether or not it was worth it. They're not going to see any results after a week. It's going to be like, man, I, I don't know right? if this is if this is worth it. Um, but I think it's very, very important for people to understand that um, it, it requires really character is found in, in consistency. Right. And so these people that are they, they, they keep their eye on the prize, what they want to accomplish their priorities by managing their time and saying, no, I made a goal. I'm going to do this, even if it hurts, even if I don't see results for a little bit, um, I'm going to keep at it, you know, until it happens. And I think that's really where I really believe that's where success, like the, the heart of success is found, right, is being willing to get. I mean, it's going to hurt. It's going to you're going to get knocked down. But being willing to pu- push yourself back up and be like, no, I made a commitment here, right? I'm going to, uh, excuse me, it, it's, it's, it's so important, I think, for people to know, like, this is, this is the way to, to success, you know, to be able to just push past, because so many people, when, when, I'm, when I'm talking to people like with business stuff, you know, it gets hard. There's almost like this honeymoon phase in the beginning of starting a company where they're just so excited about, that. you know, they've got a brand new business, they've never had one before, they're just stoked out of their minds to think of all the possibilities. And it makes me excited to see that, you know, this fire, you know, burning in them for what they can accomplish. But then they hit a, they hit a block because inevitably people will, they, they hit something that's challenging or hard. And when I see people start to kind of peter out or kind of cave in to that pressure, I'm thinking, no, you know, like keep, keep going. You got this. Um, and that's a, that effect. I'm so sorry. I don't want to interrupt your, your thought there. No, I, love um, it. I had an experience this past year when you were talking about running into something hard and um, and sticking through it and how to come out on the other side. So I um, in the in about in May, and let's see, I'm trying to think of my timeline here in May, my family and I, we went on a trip to Lake Powell and it was our first time going um, on a houseboat. <laughs> well, I've never been on a houseboat before. And um, we had bought this timeshare and we thought we would know what we were doing, taking the houseboat out on our own. There was a little bit of wind. We're like, oh, we can go launch the houseboat. Bad idea. We were like crashing into other houseboats. We took off someone's slide. Like we were yelling for help. All these people came out of the slip, which is where you park your houseboat. And we're like helping us get our houseboat back into the slip. And so we in a could decided to not leave the slip. It's basically like the parking spot for the houseboat. So we were on the water. Um, for an entire week. We never left the water. We'd go from the houseboat to the speedboat back to the houseboat. And I came home from that trip and I just didn't stop rocking. Like I didn't even just feel like um, I was just like on a boat. I felt like I was on a stormy ship. So much so that when I'd lay my head down at night to go to sleep, my head would be banging so much that I couldn't sleep. And I started staying up all night long. Like I've never in my life experienced insomnia and it was affecting my ability to perform in the areas I needed to perform during the day, especially with, um, I've been a part of this coaching business this year and a part of this, a mastermind group where I'm expected to be a part of this and to do all of these things. And I'm dealing with, um, what I've learned, any type of movement that you have in your head, that's not really happening. is called vertigo. It's not just spinning. It's any type of movement. And so I was experiencing this on a regular basis. And it was actually um, like I would even go to make something in the kitchen and then I would be wiped out on the couch for like two hours because I was using so much effort to try to just stand straight. And I mean, I started running into walls. I started forgetting my neighbor's names. I left my groceries at the grocery store. Like 
just forgetting stuff. I was going through this intense challenge. And what seriously has brought me out of it has been having my own coaches to help me get out of it and to help me remember to keep my mindset right. I have heard of people talking about the importance of surrounding yourself with the people that you want to be like. I was a part of a mastermind group being buoyed up by those women in my mastermind group, being able to go to my coaches and talk to them how I feel fearful about the future and how this is going to affect me. And they've been able to coach me back to not live in the future because that stills away my present and to really focus on being in the present and um, really just leaning on my own coaches in my coaching group and leaning on them for strength and remembering and going back to my why and um, remembering why it is that I'm putting all this effort into helping other women and to helping them achieve their dreams and their goals. Um, I'd say are probably the top two things that have helped me get back on focus and get back on track and work through that after a very, very difficult summer um, is really leaning on those coaches and being a part of people who want to buoy you up and strengthen you and help you. And then remembering, like you said, that why, um, why am I going to fight through this? Why am I going to try to get better? Well, it's because I want to be better for my family. It's because they want to be better for the, for my coaching business and the retreats that I'm hosting. And I know I can go out and inspire people through the powerful speeches that I give. Those are my whys of why I want to wake up in the morning and continue to try to get better, you know? So I think having those things at the forefront of your mind and having the systems in place, the coaches and the people that you're surrounding yourself by in your business and in your mastermind groups to buoy you up when those times get hard and help you realign, get back on track and say, you know what? I know this is tough for you, but you got to remember X, Y, and Z, you know, there's specialized coaches out there like Roger and like, like myself and like this woman that I've been trained by, um, Connie Soko that can help you um, get on track and stay on track for when those hard times do come because they do indeed come, you know, and they, there's so many different um, specialized um, different types of coaches that um, are out there. And I, I know that everybody that works with you, Roger, is so, so lucky to have you as their business coach, you know, to coach them through those hard times, because you know what that's like, you, you know, you've been through hard times and you've been able to rise above it. And, and when you see that coming out and the people that you're coaching, you can help them get back on track and to help them realign and focus. So I don't think we can, I can um, underemphasize how important it is to have those, those coaches in your life, to have a mentor, to have those leadership groups or masterminds that can help buoy you up and really point you on the um, path to the North Star, you know, when those times do come. Thanks for sharing that, Ashley. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's a, it is so important. I mean, all of those things. I mean, life is just a, it is, um, man, it's full of great opportunities to help us become our best selves. Just innately, it happens. You know, it's, it's, uh, we don't have to look very far to be able to, um, you know, experience things that provide us opportunities for growth. And it is nice to be able to, to learn from the experience of, of others and to be able to kind of be buoyed up by them. I, I love that you were vulnerable about your experience um, and what you went through. I appreciate that. I think, man, Lake Powell, I, that place might be cursed. We've been, we've gone uh, since I was a little, a little boy. Uh, we've gone to 
to Lake Powell almost every year, and every year there is something that happens to Lake Powell. Uh, I, I mean, with that, there are some good people there that come oh, to the man. rescue because they came to our rescue. <laughs> there, there are so many good people, um, and it's an incredible place. I mean, there's a, it's a, a bit of a micro. A chasm in of itself in itself of what life is you know you go to lake powell and there's challenges but it, man it's the best best thing in the world yes. so many great experiences there so many good analogies uh, could come from that place i'm sure truly truly yes there there are um okay well maybe i'll ask you um just two more questions and i'll let you go this has been wonderful thank you so mm -hmm. much thank you for being here um i guess the the question i i want to ask you is um centered around this uh feeling of being overwhelmed right i think especially you know between men and women um it's definitely not mutually exclusive that it happens to both of them this this feeling of wanting to accomplish a lot wanting to achieve potential wanting to you know move forward and to progress but you know when somebody sets a goal and they start making progress towards it and then they fail right they, they can feel uh, overwhelmed feelings which um, it can can lead to discouragement, which can then lead to like a tailspin out of this trajectory up to more of a downward trend. And so what would you say to people that are feeling overwhelmed in accomplishing their goals? I would say, and this is going to probably sound like um, maybe odd, but action cancels out fear. I know that a lot of times when even when we're working towards our goals and we're feeling overwhelmed um, and then we quit taking action towards the goals because we get overwhelmed. We might just do like a Netflix binge or start scrolling on social media to try to take that stress away. But I think if you can get back to taking action, it will cancel out the overwhelm and the fear. I actually just experienced this. I was feeling a lot of overwhelm and, and fear really with what, um, what I've been expected to do in my own business. And, um, I found myself stalling and procrastinating and being like, because I just felt overwhelmed. I felt completely overwhelmed. And the minute I started just taking action and checking off those task lists and getting through my weekly plan that I had accomplished, that I had prepared for me to do, the fear, the um, overwhelm just dissipated. It was unbelievable. I really think that once you start feeling that overwhelm, if you just get back to taking action, even if it's just those small little bits like we had talked about, even just 15 minute increments, break that goal down and just start taking those little bits of action, get back to your consistent habits of action, daily action. I really feel like it will help move the overwhelm out of the way because you'll be moving and making progress. I really think that that's a huge key is just taking action and it just helps all the fear dissipate. Yeah, I, that man, I couldn't, I, I could not have said that better. That was perfect, Ashley. Thank you. Um, I'd made a post about this exact subject a couple days ago on my Instagram about getting rid of, you know, fear uh, and the solution is it's acting, just moving forward. And I think fear almost causes this um, unfortunate procrastination because somebody wants to do something so bad, they get scared and they don't move. And it almost like feeds on itself. It uh, they just get more scared, more worried of the what ifs kind of eat at them. What if this happens? Or what if people don't like what I'm doing or whatever it may be? And so, yeah, it's so important just to, to act. Um, I'll say, uh, it's interesting. I think when, um, like we talked about earlier, 
getting uncomfortable is very, very important, important, but also ideas, come, I believe they're inspiration, right? I believe ideas can come, uh, whether people believe it's the universe sending them or God, right? I believe it's God, uh, with these ideas that come to us. And I, I believe they're given for a reason. And I found that most of the ideas that come to my mind, they're not very fun to act on. <laughs> they're, they're challenging, right? It's like, oh man, that, that would be really hard. But I found that right when they come, if I act like immediately, um, it, it's it, it's great. Uh, I had an idea the other day, and that idea ended up within about a you know a, a nine hour period of time. A lot of people were helped, and I ended up making um, a little over fifty thousand dollars within a, a small amount of time. Right, which is super super cool um, because. It was awesome, right? It was an idea, and it was it was something that scared me to death. I remember thinking about it, being like, I, "I've never done anything like this," and I felt very nervous. It was one of those very very audacious goals. <laughs> it, it was, yeah, it was. Um, but that's good pay, you know, nine hours, fifty grand. That's good pay, and the people that came to this um, event, it was a good thing for everyone. And it was just it started as an idea, but if we if we act, you know, move forward, we can suppress those fears to your point. I love that. Um, and I also love that you said, I think sometimes people feel like they have to be going like all the time, right? They have to be moving. Um, and one of the, I love that you're a, you know, a proponent of Stephen Covey. I, I am too. I really, really like him. I think it's, it's interesting. Like Winston Churchill, arguably one of the world's greatest leaders. I mean, that we've known, he, he took two bathtubs a, a day <laughs> and he, and he started yeah. yeah, it's interesting. It's very interesting. And he didn't start his work day until 12 o'clock noon. Um, and so I think it's important for people to, and to Stephen, for Stephen Covey, I mean, to kind of bring this back to him, he says sharpen the saw, right? And so I think it's important that people understand it's okay. Right? It's, and I've talked to people like, no, you got to be going all the time, all the time. It's like, no, that you'll, you'll burn yourself out, you know, if you do that. Um, I think you can have Grant Cardone's experience of 10xing everything, your efforts, your results, your goals, while also being uh, conscious of your your mind's need to rest, to grow. A meditation is such an important thing, but people, you know, they want inspiration, but they don't know how to think. They don't know how to ponder or become, to enter a state where they can kind of receive these ideas. And that requires just being still and being okay you know, just being still. And I, I love, I love that. And I know you're very, very good at that. Being able to kind of separate from everything you've taught us today, you know, being able to compartmentalize time to be with family, time to be still, to think, and time to really execute, you know, and you're, you're a master of those things. Um, I appreciate that. I'll let you go. Last question I have here is, um, is is there anything else you wish I would have asked you? And if there is, how would you have answered? Um, you know, there is just one last tip that I would like to leave that I didn't get to talk about. And it's just, I've looked for patterns um, in the women that I've interviewed and who are pursuing a passion and trying to put their faith and family first. And this is this can be applied to men and women. But one of the patterns that I have noticed that's probably unique that you're not going to find in a lot of self-help books is that every single one of these women have involved their family on some level in their goals. And I think that that is so unique. Like I've talked to 
I talked to a woman who was a chef and she let her kids be in the photos of her cookbook. And I mean, I've talked to a yoga girl and she lets her kids come and lay on her when she does namaste, you know, and I've talked to a woman who was publishing a book and got an agent deal. And she took one of her kids with her to drop off the manuscript to the agent, you know, and I even had an experience where I was giving a keynote. And I asked my nine-year-old son, I said, can I practice my keynote on you? You know, it's not always feasible that our kids can come with us to work and to do these types of things. But he said, sure, mom. He sat on my bed. I gave him a full 45-minute keynote to my eight-year-old. And when he got done, he's like, wow. He's like, I wonder what my goals are, mom. And like, we have this amazing discussion on what his goals will be as an eight-year-old, you know? And I just hope that we can realize the impact that we can have on our own families by involving our kids in our businesses and whatever we're doing. And it might not be feasible for you to take them along. Absolutely. You know, that's not realistic, but you can share it with them when you get home. You know, I interviewed a lady who was a saleswoman and she said she would go and she would actually get cash. She would cash her checks and she would lay out the money all across the floor and she would let her children like help make the family budget. Like that's how she involved her kids and what she was doing. So I think that if we can involve our families, we can make a huge and positive impact in the next generation, you know, um, seeing mom and dad um, doing what they love and how it's benefiting people and your little kids, you just never know what ideas will be bubbling in their head from watching you, you know, and from being a part of that. And I even uh, all the time, if you don't have children, I talk to my husband all the time about what I'm doing and I'll, I'll share with one, him what's hard and ask for his advice. And, and we've had great discussions and he's given me so much good advice, you know, and um, and just counseling with him and doing that. And I've even called my mom up and asked her to come over to let her me practice a keynote on her, you know, I've even involved the extended family. So that's one thing I wanted to mention that's a little bit unique is involve the people you love in the process, even if it's just talking about it. You know, my husband's involved in construction and if we're on the way to grandpa's house, he makes the side route to show us the business park that he's done like recently, you know, just really involving the family and that gets the kids excited. And I think that's another thing we can do to make sure that, um, you know, our most important priorities are up there is just keeping those people in the loop and the people that we love with what we're doing. So we're not a closed book, you know, so that we're winning at the right game and being those type of people that we want to be. That was a great place for us to kind of conclude here because man, that was so good and so important. There's a word that I really love. I think it's such a fun word to say. Um, it's the word symbiotic. Uh, I think it's really good because I think what, what happens you know, before I got married, I was kind of like, like peanut butter. I'm good alone, uh, but but not as good as having my sweetheart with me and involving her in my goals. And my and I, with kids, it'll be even better. And maybe she's the jelly to my peanut butter, and the kids will be the bread. Uh, you know, just every sure. everything works. You know, everything works together. And it's much better together than it is individual. The, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. You know, and that's that's really where. Um, there's this idea of like one plus one equals five and mathematically that doesn't pencil. However, there is value created in that addition sign in the middle. There's more happening there than just the individual parts of that equation, you know, where there's a lot of value in, uh, more than one person being involved in executing, you know, these goals. And there's a lot of teaching. It sounds like, you know, teaching moments that come from those things and opportunities where people may miss 
you know, these teach, great teaching opportunities because they're not involving other individuals in their goals and, and the execution of them. So thank you for sharing that. That is, uh, that's wonderful. I'll, uh, I'll let you go here, but I am just so grateful you've been on the show today. Thank you so much, Ashley. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a treat, Roger. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Once again, if you want to uh, follow Ashley, learn more from her, you go to ConnieSokol.com. Um, she'll be working with Connie there. Uh, th- there's a podcast that she's going to be co-hosting called A Purpose-Filled Life. Is that right? Yep, that's correct. Purpose-Filled Life. Okay, awesome. So that that is good. And then you can follow Ashley on Instagram, which I would highly recommend doing. Ashley Stratton, uh, real the real Ashley Stratton, correct? Is that, yep, that right? Real Ashley Stratton. Uh, without the the. Okay, so without real Ashley the. Stratton. Two E's and two T's, and that'll be great. Thanks for being here, Ashley. Thanks, Roger. You bet.